Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith America podcast. This is volume 100-something. Huge week, man. I uh, I was still licking my wounds a little bit after a week at the Masters and just really processing what an amazing opportunity that was and, and also preparing myself to head down to Conway, South Carolina and the Grand Strand and see my friends at Coastal Carolina take on a great team in Appalachian State. And it was an awesome experience, man. It uh, it lived up to everything I expected. Uh, the personalities on that football team are very special. And it's so fun when you see a team take on its coach's personality when that coach has an amazing personality. And Jamie Chadwell, the head coach at Coastal Carolina, most certainly does. He's funny as hell. And – Here's an example. I did this report during the game, but it's so funny it bears repeating here. We were asking him about Grayson McCall, his quarterback, who went to high school right here in Charlotte near me, had a great high school career. And we were asking him on one of our coach's calls about Grayson and his moxie and his, why he won the job and his toughness. And Coach Chadwell told me, we have three quarterbacks we feel like we could win with. But there were just intangibles that Grayson carried that the other guys didn't have. And so we, we kind of knew he was our best opportunity to reach our optimum potential. And as far as his toughness, and then he kind of paused for a minute and thought, he goes, you know that? You know that John Wayne toilet paper that's really gritty? Grayson's a lot like that John Wayne toilet paper. He's gritty and tough as hell, and he don't take no crap off nobody. And I laughed. I sat right here at this computer, and I laughed for five straight minutes. I couldn't, I couldn't contain myself. I think Clay Matvick and, and Dustin Fox, my play-by-play partner and, and analyst partner, uh, I, I think they I don't think they understood like why I thought that was so funny. I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. And and another great example of of Chadwell's personality and sense of humor, when his name began to circle and swirl through the South Carolina coaching search rumor mill. Chadwell was contacted by a reporter he knew in Charleston, South Carolina, had texted him asking for comment. And Chadwell says, right now my wife's van has a brake light out. I'm focused on trying to fix it without getting her upset. I got bigger issues to worry about than the rumor mill about the South Carolina job. And he told us on those coaches' calls, y'all ain't ever seen so many people in Columbia coming out of the woodwork to help me fix a damn brake light. He's just an awesome personality. And I will tell you, Travis, the intensity at that game and the and the just the way that the game felt on the field level, you could sense and and the coastal kids and the coastal coaches told us all week long that they knew they had a special group, but the Sun Belt Conference goes through Boone. And not only did they feel that way, but so did Sean Clark 
the head coach at Appalachian State and all of his players, they'd won four consecutive league championships. And so they had a chip on their shoulder coming into that game that they would like to show everybody why the championship goes through Boone. I didn't get to have a full focus on the game because I had my own mess on my hands at noon on another game. But that was the first game that it felt normal. Like you could hear the crowd change yeah. with momentum and plays. And it, it just felt like a normal game. And back to Jamie for a second, though, I just appreciate his honesty. He talked about how he told the players, like, listen, my name's getting brought up with the South Carolina job. And the reason that it is is because of you. And when there's something out there, we'll talk about it. But, like, a lot of coaches would just try to shut it down. And he's, you know, telling them, like, listen, it's out there. Nothing we can do about it. Let's go play football. I'll be up front with you. And I think that's why this team plays the way they do, because they have that love for one another and for their coach. It, it, it really is impressive the way that he addressed it. You're right. Stood up in front of them after practice, gathered them up after they got done with practice and said, hey, y'all, if you haven't already, you're going to see my name in the South Carolina rumors. That's awesome. And, and let, me, let me pull out my notebook real quick because I love what he said to me. I thought this was so cool, what he said to me about those – about the, the possibility of – hold on, that's all my master's notes. Uh, I think I have the wrong notebook. Yeah, I can get it done. I proved it to myself. This is Dustin Johnson notes, ladies and gentlemen. That tells you – where I am uh, in my in my head. Hold on. I have no idea where my notebook is that I was using for the Coastal game. Anyway, I know what he said. He said, look, I grew up in East Tennessee. It's been my dream my whole life to coach in the SEC. I'm flattered. I'm humbled. It's awesome. But the reason that I'm in this situation, to Travis's point, is because we're seven and oh, now they're eight and oh. And it's because he's he's taken this very unique group of young men and taken a program that, and in only a handful of years of big time D1 football, uh, here they are nationally ranked 15th in the country. I think they're 16th in the country this week, which is a little perplexing, but. Whatever. I don't make those decisions. And beat the program in Appalachian State that is the standard by which the Sunbelt Conference is measured every single year. And, and so I just uh, – it was, you're right, Travis. Being there on the field and, and you could hear – I mean, the, it, was, it, was the, it was loud. I mean, the fans were, were really engaged and you could hear them and you could feel the intensity and the energy. Very unique experience and amazing experience. And congrats to Coastal. Before we move off, though, you, uh, you had some fans in the stands. I think I saw a couple signs for you. And then you also interviewed our boy, the Chanticleer Chandelier, Teddy Gallagher, and he gave you a mullet cap. I want to know, have you worn it around the house just to see, like – It's sitting right over there. I, sent, I saw. I, and ready. I sent a photo to uh, – I think I might have tweeted it out and just said, hey, Laney, you got yourself a winner here. She replied with the, the, the monkey emoji covering its eyes. I walked in the house, and it was less than sterling reception. 
Because I look like the Tiger King when I have that thing it, on. I, I feel like I should bust out my guitar and lip sync a song. From one angle, it looks real. Kind of scary. I have it primed and ready. So there's a couple things to break down there. First of all, uh, let's discuss my boy, Teddy Gallagher. Okay, this is an American treasure. He's a inside linebacker for Coastal. The coaching staff will tell you, sharpest kid on the team, just one of those extremely cerebral football players who understands seed ball, hit ball. And just really, really sharp kid. And he grew this mullet this year, along with Silas Kelly, his brother in the middle of the defense. And they decided to grow these mullets out. And so they grow. So, so Teddy's mullet, if you've been living under a rock and haven't seen it, is this curly mullet that is bleached, bleached platinum white, and the sides are shaved and they are brownish, which is his natural hair color. And he says to me, Saturday morning, I, I asked my, my game producer, I said, I want to interview Teddy for the, for the game. And he's like, awesome, do it. So Teddy and I are standing there on the field, and, and I said to Teddy, look, I know that you'd had that run-in that you told Travis and me about out at the Great Clips in Carolina Forest, and it was a – it was a very, very taxing moment on you emotionally because you were afraid that the great clips had sheared too much plumage from the arrangement, but that it would rise like the Phoenix. And Teddy, it appears as if it has risen like the Phoenix. And Teddy said, yeah, you know, I, I think it has. He said, uh, I, got my, I got my quarterback, Fred Payton, to shave a lightning bolt in the side of it because in my quantum rocket physics class here at the Harvard of the South, I learned that the lightning bolt is a symbol for speed and power. And I hope you see a lot of that today. I just love the kid. It, I just, I, I, that, I just love the kid to death. <laughs> it, it, he is amazing. And then, there was a video afterwards where he was saying, you know, they, they said the path goes through uh, Boone and then he, at the end he's like, it goes through Conway, come get us or something like that. I'm like, yeah, this man is a promo machine. Like, he is Vince, a promo machine. Vince, Vince McMahon, McMahon needs to be calling him. him. He, is, he is something else. So at the end of the interview, he hands me this hat and it's a coastal shots, white fitted cap. And the marketing team had – stitched or taped i have not even looked at how it's affixed to the cap but there's a long blonde explosion of hair coming out the back and i wore it during the game and uh it blew up the internet i think my friend i mean i could i can't tell you how many text messages i was getting in my pocket uh, and one other awesome thing, and you'll see this on Marty and McGee too. I'm going to take the mullet cap to Marty and McGee for our Wednesday Thanksgiving extravaganza, but also an Appalachian state fan brought me a sign that is an angry baby pointing at the camera with a disgusted look on his face with very large black block letters that say 
It's Appalachian, not Appalachian. And uh, I was going to do a report on that during the game as well, but it never, never did materialize. And I did hear the referee say Appalachian, and it made my made me twitch a little bit. Speaking speaking of uh, Marty McGee on uh, Saturdays, you know who's uh, returning to the show? Man, I can't imagine who who who. Uh, your boy is coming back. I'll be on the show this starting this Saturday. Makes me so happy, man. Uh, Travis and I found out a couple weeks ago, last yep. week. And uh, I'm I'm working on something. Not going to give any details. It's uh. It's Myrtle Beach Bowl related, but uh, we're going to leave it at that. Uh, well, let me tell you all about the Myrtle Beach Bowl, all right? McGee and I, when this game was announced, immediately began facetiously lobbying to be the broadcast duo for the Myrtle Beach Bowl because nothing's more Myrtle Beach at ESPN than us. And honest to goodness, just like kidding and having fun with it. And – and then as we continued to do it, it started to pick up some momentum. And it's picked up so much momentum now that we had Burke Magnus, who just happens to be the executive vice president of programming at all of ESPN on the Marty and McGee program Saturday morning. And he's not averse to the idea. He kind of giggles at it too. And, let me, for people that don't know the name, that's a boss with power that you I was guys, just going to say. That's a boss with power that you guys had on the show. That's a straight baller, okay? It's a straight ball player. And not only that, I started to – I got text messages from other lofty-ranked ESPN executives from other very well-established production staff members of the most – popular shows at the network saying, did you two jackasses really just have Burke Magnus on to lobby for the Myrtle Beach Bowl? And all I wrote back was, yes, we did. Y'all, it's got Mo. I mean, Uncle Mo's in our favor right now. The Myrtle Beach uh, Bowl Twitter handle is all all about it. Yep. Yep. We'll see what happens. There were people in the stands in uh, at Brooks Stadium yelling at me on Saturday that we should be doing the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I mean, very vehemently, vehemently, with great passion, yelling, come back and do the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Marty and Maggie. So, y'all, it may happen. Um, I hope so. That would be fun. December 21st. And it was funny, Wes Durham, our brother from uh, Packer and Durham, he texts us and says, fellas, I will do the play-by-play part of this if y'all want me to, and you two can just do you two. And I don't know what would be funnier. I don't know if it would be funnier if we actually like tried to call football and. Well, you you got a little moment on Saturday to call football. Oh yeah, you, I forgot you, all about that. You're doing a little report, and you nailed the call. There was a uh, there's a sack, a sack, sack fumble, fumble, and you you nailed who recovered the ball correctly. Like I think you showed the executives, like, hey, listen, like I got a little play by play in me. I'm just really glad no four-letter words came flying out of my mouth because I'm surprised I didn't go, holy s***, oh, he dropped the ball. <laughs> uh, it really was. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I uh, When that happened, I had forgotten that even happened, Travis. When that happened, I'm watching the play 
and I'm doing whatever report, and the ball comes flying out, and I'm like, we got a sack fumble. Yeah, like and- usually, usually a reporter, <laughs> they have, you had two options. You can either stop talking in the middle of your report and hope that the play-by-play guy picks it up and goes with it, but that's usually an awkward transition, or you do what you just did, and you, you go for it, and you crushed it. Well, I, I, I appreciate Clay Mavic. Clay gave me instant instant validation that I'd done it right. And that felt good because I had – honestly, it's almost like an out-of-body experience because you're like, did I just – what did I just say? Because I had no idea what came out of my mouth. I was like, I just hope I just didn't completely ruin the whole broadcast and get fired all at one in one fell swoop. And there went the, there the hopes of calling the bowl game out the window. Yeah, no doubt. So it was an amazing experience down there in Myrtle Beach in Conway. And one other thing I thought was hilarious. What is more Myrtle than the fact that the 707 indoor shooting range, I don't know if you saw my tweet, the kicker nets in the end zone on the goalposts are sponsored by the 707 indoor shooting range with a huge bullseye. I mean, it's perfect marketing opportunity. It's a sponsorship that makes sense. Like, kudos to them. I thought that was fantastic. As an old country boy. Um, Amazing, amazing time down there. And I got a a big one this week, too. I'm heading back back down to Gainesville. Uh, I was there earlier this year for South Carolina at Florida, and and this weekend I'm back with Jonesy and Dusty Dvorak to call my boy Mark Stoops and the Kentucky Wildcats heading into the swamp to take on Coach Mullen, Kyle Trask, and the Gators. Kyle pitched his back out of concussion protocol after that just brutal hit against Georgia. I'm glad uh, Pitts is going to be back. He, He might be the best player in the country. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing him play again. We're on at noon on ESPN. And Florida is a juggernaut, Travis. And, and Kentucky, I mean, they're coming off a 63-3 to tail whooping against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I feel like Alabama's the best team in the country. Um, my top six – It's in, one, one thing that's interesting, too, about being on a broadcast team is – we're doing the playoff predictor every week, and they ask our top six. And I was very boring last week. I had the top six. I had Bama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, Florida, A&M. And this week, I don't think anything's going to change, but I am impressed with what Luke Fickle's doing at Cincinnati. Uh, And what does that mean for Luke Fickle's future? He's going to be one of those guys that is so coveted, and, and there's going to be programs coming after him. Well, first of all, we get we get the first rankings tonight. So I, I think what you those top four are definitely what it's going to be and what they probably should be. Yeah, there's no question. But mind. the Luke Fickle thing, if I'm a school, I'm making him say no to me. I'm putting a legitimate offer in front of him and maybe a few more dollars, in, and I'm making him say no because – he is an amazing coach and he gets those players to play for him and they love playing for him. And uh, there's some schools that could really need a Luke Fickle. He may not be the coach that comes in with the same, you know, pizzazz or whatever of, you know, the name is some other people, but you'll get results if you hire him. 
Well, I mean, he's one of those guys that's just a defensive-minded, hit-you-in-the-teeth, Urban Meyer, us-against-the-world disciple. And, look, he's, he's, he's had such a unique path. People forget that in that interim moment between Jim Tressel and Urban Meyer, Fickle was the guy that was kind of that linchpin between the two. And it was a hell of a difficult year. I know you remember. He was handed a, a, a raw Dumpster deal. fire. I mean, you lose five players, including the quarterback. Braxton Miller was an incoming freshman. So it's like, do I start this, this raw freshman that, you know, is more of an athlete than a quarterback? And he did late in the year. And, you know, I think it was six and sevens what they went. And it was just – you didn't get a fair shake. And obviously when urban Meyer is dangling out there, they're going to go hire him. And then, you know, he was an amazing defensive coach for us. And um, I think people wondered what kind of head coach he could be. And he's gone to Cincinnati and turned it into a force. They're not yeah. just, you know, a fluke year here. This is what they've been doing. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Another huge weekend ahead here. Got the Iron Bowl. Can't wait to see that one. And uh, before we get out of here, uh, it is Thanksgiving week, and there is much that I am thankful for. I'm so grateful for my family and our health and our blessings. I'm grateful for my job. I'm grateful for my friendships. And before we get to ask Marty – this one comes from uh, at Jake underscore hit 06. What is the best way to cook a turkey? Smoke it, fry it, or in the oven? Please evaluate. So for, for just sheer taste, it's hard to beat a fried turkey. I mean, the, if, if you do it right, the juicy versus crispy ratio is just – it's absolutely delicious. But – the baked in the oven variety is my favorite. Just just standard old school. You brine it for several days, and and then you you know you put it in there with your with your different spices, and you just leave it in that oven all day long. Put it in there in the morning. Take it out around mid afternoon, towards dinner time. You're on your third glass of wine. You got football on the TV. And uh, there are very few – I don't look forward to any meal all year more than, the th than my Thanksgiving meal. Now, my mother-in-law, Sally Coco, she does a Christmas dinner that is very Thanksgiving-ish. She bakes a turkey. She bakes a ham. She makes this salad that has candied pecans in it and craisins and strawberries and all. It's just, it's balsamic vinaigrette. It's delicious. And she has sweet potatoes, regular baked potatoes, mashed potatoes, uh, uh, homemade breads, just ridiculous. And so I do, I mean, it's, a, it's probably a tie at this point. But I look forward to those dinners more than anything I eat all year long. Now, you are famously known to be a 
interesting eater. You're very particular on what you like. Keep it healthy. Yeah. Is is Thanksgiving a day where it's kind of uh, standards be damn and just enjoy the food kind of day for you, or do you still kind of pick around what you're going to get? Um, I'm still pretty particular, but um, I mean, really, I just kind of try to stay away from the dessert tray. Everything else is pretty healthy. I mean, if you're if you're talking about turkey breast, sweet potatoes, salad, it's I mean, now depends on how you make your sweet potatoes. All right. If your sweet taters have marshmallows and cinnamon sugar all over them and, and a half a pound of butter in there, then they might not be the healthiest thing. By God, they'll be delicious. But I just eat like a sweet potato, like it's a regular sweet potato. Slice that thing down the middle, put a little teeny sprinkle of brown sugar on it. Off you go. What's your side dish that has to be on the plate for Marty Smith? Uh, it's a sweet potato. That's okay. Um, is, is there like a casserole that is, uh, you know, you have your turkey, your sweet potato. What's that next item? Um, I mean, there's plenty of casserole options, but I don't have to have one of them. Uh, I like green bean casserole. I like uh, what other? So, have you ever heard of Waldorf salad? I've heard of it. My grand used to make that. She also used to make this interesting lime green. It was like, no, it wasn't lime green. It was mint green. It was some mint green salad that was jello based. <laughs> and it had like apples every, in it. Every, every, every person's grandmother made some sort of jello based concoction that you're not exactly sure what was in it, how it was made, how it was invented, but you enjoyed it as a kid. And then after, like when you get older, you're like, what was that? Yeah, I don't know what it was, man, but you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the ghost in Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, Fair enough. I would like to have that one more time with my grand, though. I'd love to have a conversation with her just to just to catch up. My parents, too. Uh, I hope you all have an amazing Thanksgiving. Whatever you like for your Thanksgiving meal, uh, eat a lot of it. I hope you guys have an amazing Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey. Enjoy your holiday. Enjoy your sweet tater. Enjoy your weird mint green grandma salad. I still got to figure out what was in that thing. It jiggled. I mean, it almost looked like paste. It looked, I don't even know what it was, man. And how did she make it that color? It's grandma magic, I guess. Thank you all for listening. Thank you so much to our law enforcement officials all over the country working hard to keep these communities safe. Thank you to our first responders, our firemen who risk their own lives to save others. Thank you to the United States military. We are so grateful for your sacrifice always, especially when you're away from your families during the holiday season. Thank you so much for sacrificing on our behalf. Stay safe out there. This is Marty Smith's America. Y'all have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you next time around.